0: mm <laughs> Now, this is Brother Julius Adew. We are going through the Gospel of Matthew. We are now in chapter 22 of Matthew, where Jesus Christ was still talking about giving some parables. And Jesus answered and spake unto them again by parables and said, The kingdom of heaven is like unto a certain king, which made a marriage for his son, and sent forth his servants to call them that were bid to the wedding, and they will not come. Again he sent forth other servants, saying, Tell them which are bidden. Behold, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen, and my fatlings are killed, and all things are ready. Come unto the marriage. But they made light of it, and went their ways, one to his farm, another to his merchandise. And the remnant took his servants, and entreated him spitefully, and slew them. But when the king heard thereof, he was wrath. And he sent forth his armies and destroyed those murderers and burned up their city. Now, this parable is really talking, he it says his kingdom of heaven is like this. So he's talking about history, how they are treating the servants of God. So that's really what you have to understand. He said he, he was going to finally burn up their city. But he went for that he said, Then sent it to his servants. The wedding is ready. But they which were bidding were not worthy. So go you therefore into the highways, and as many as ye shall find, be to the marriage. So those servants went out into the highways and gathered together all, as many as they found, both good, both bad and good. I mean, they just called everybody. Anybody that wants come over, there's a wedding going on. Both bad and good people. You just bring all of them in. And the wedding was furnished with guests. So that was symbolizing also that the Lord sent the Holy Spirit and the preachers to go out to the Gentiles and right. call them into the kingdom of God, call them in that Christ is the Savior, call them that there is a wedding come. The wedding is the wedding of the Son of God who so take a bride, the Gentile church, and believers are calling him, that's what this Bible is symbolizing, Call it a marriage dinner. So now it was furnished with guests. Verse 11 is a caveat to this. The, and when the king came in to see the guests, he saw there a man which had not on a wedding garment. So they call everybody, everybody, anybody, everybody, anybody, just call them from the streets, call them all over. But say they are still a rule. When you come to a wedding in those generations, it was using that it was using this that generation to to describe what happened in a wedding. But when they come for a wedding that they give them a in verse, everybody must wear this first, or a t-shirt. I have to say, maybe happy birthday or happy wedding anniversary. They all have to be in the same type of costume, so they call it. But now when the king came and saw that, why is this one not wearing the costume? That's why the Bible said. And he said unto him, friend, our chemists are in either, not having a wedding garment. And he was speechless. See. In that generation, when they come for a wedding engagement, you have to go through this door and the servants are at the door giving you a t-shirt. You have to put it on top of whatever you are wearing, uh, a, a, a costume, so that everybody is wearing the same costume in the in the feast. So that's why if, are, if that man has come through the door, the main door, he should get one and put it on. But now the king came and said, why are you not, where, where did you get to?" How do you, you come in here without wearing that vest? Which means the man didn't come through the door. Maybe through the window or through the back door. And that's not acceptable. So then the man was speechless. He said, how came thou in either, not having a wedding garment? He was speechless. Because you know about the wedding garment. You saw them wearing it, but uh, you know where they get it. But he was thinking he was just going to have fun. But then said the king to the servants, bind him hand and foot. Take him away. Cast him into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and marching of things. You. you say, well, I thought you called everybody. We just want the place to be filled. You want the place to be filled, but they still have to follow rule. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's one of those that rejected you the first time. That's why it's your carry, Cast them out. For many are called, but few are chosen. For how the Lord Jesus Christ summarized this parable. Many are called, but few are chosen. Yes, many are called, but when you come, then it shows those who are to be accepted. Many are called, but few are chosen. Verse fifteen. Then when the Pharisees and two counsel how they might entangle him in his story, trying to entangle our Lord Jesus Christ, and they sent out unto him their disciples with the Herodians, those are the servants of Herod, King Herod, saying, Master, we know that thou art true and teachest the way of God in truth. Neither carest thou for any man, for thou regardest not the person of men. So they try to prison. him and we do we are, you, you always say the way it is, you don't regard, you don't respect any, you don't regard any personality. Like Carol, the king or something, they are known that You're not going to respect any Then they want to ask him a question that is loaded with uh, politics. Tell us therefore what thinkers are, is it lawful to give tribute unto to Caesar or not? I mean, they are trying to find out what he say, what he will say about the taxation. So that they can accuse him. But Jesus perceived their wickedness and said, Why tempt ye me, ye hypocrites? Why are you called hypocrites? They claim to be Israelites, that they want to be on the side of Israel. When they're asking questions that we, if he commit himself, they will be accusing him to the Roman Empire. That he was saying that he should not pay his taxes. That's why Christ said, Why tempt ye me, ye hypocrites? Show me the tribute money. And they brought unto him a penny, which is what they used to pay the tribute of the tax. And he said unto them, whose image, whose is this image and superscription on the money? And they said unto him, Caesar's. Then he said unto them, then render therefore unto Caesar the things which are Caesar's, and unto God the things that are God's. So the image, Caesar put his image on that money so that you may know it is owned by Caesar. Give him back his money. But you are the image of God. Give your heart back to God. That's why I say, well, and to God, the things are like gods. But when they had heard this word, they marveled and left him and went their way. Now, verse 23, come the other group that wanted to ask questions. The same day came to him the Sadducees, which said that there is no resurrection, and asked him. Now, we have the two major sects in Israel in those days. The Pharisees, they were like the holy rulers. They believe in resurrection. They believe they are angels. They believe they are spirits. They believe in God. And, but they are also not doing it right. Also. Then the Sadducees also in the temple with them. They don't believe they are angels. They don't believe they are spirits. They don't even believe there will be any resurrection. And yet they are part of the temple. What do they believe about God? If God is, they don't believe they are spirits, maybe they think God is just a force. like Like magnetic waves. Like the New ages have the same doctrine, like the power, radiation coming from the sky. They think that's how they can tap into that waves and think that's God. But see, that was how these Sadducees brothers were believing. They said there was no resurrection, no angels, nothing. And yet they are still part of the synagogue, part of their temple, temple worship. So they came and asked him, trying to find out from the Lord Jesus Christ what he thinks. Say, Master, Moses said, if a man die, having no children, his brother shall marry his wife, and raise up seed unto his brother. Now, there were with us seven brethren. And the first, when he had married a wife, deceased, and having no issue, left his wife unto his brother. Likewise, the second also, and the third, unto the seventh. And last of all, the woman died also. Therefore, in the resurrection... Whose wife shall leave she be of the seven? For they all had her. Now he wanted to say, well, we just tie this up. So tie it, later, seven, we make it seven. But even God himself won't answer this one. If he's going to bring resurrection, there's going to be confusion on that day. <laughs> That's what he thought. So, whose wife will she be of them? For they all had her. So Jesus answered and said, Ye do err, eh, not knowing the scriptures, nor the power of God. For in the resurrection, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are as the angels of God in heaven. But as touching the resurrection of the dead, have you not read that which was spoken unto you by God, saying, I am the God of Abraham, and the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob? God is not the God of the dead, but of the living. So, what does that really mean? When you go to how he was saying in Mark or John, he said, God, it's not the God of the day, but the living, all live unto God. That means Abraham is still living, not in the physical flesh, because your real you is inside. This is just a coat that we are wearing, a coat that people put in the grave, but the real person has come out through the body, through the mouth, the spirit and soul came out and go to wherever you are going. And that Spirit and soul is still living. God knows where he is at. You can see Abraham where he is at. You can see whether he is in hell or in paradise. With anybody that, is, that goes out of the body. But the coat is thrown into the grave that rots. So that's why Christ said, God is not the God of the dead, of the one that was thrown in the grave. It was the God of the living, those that are taken out of their body into hell or to paradise. God is still God of Abraham, wherever Abraham is there. So that was what, what the Lord have saying. When the multitude heard this, they were astonished at his doctrine. What? The only person that can know that is the one that can see the other side also, the Lord Jesus Christ. He gave a parable, of a story of the rich man and Lazarus. You see that in the book of Luke. The rich man that went to hell, and yet he was buried. But the real, the real person, his spirit and soul went to hell. Lazarus that was thrown into the gutter after he died, his spirit and soul also was taken to paradise. Abraham's bosom, see, and Jesus was telling that story that a certain rich man and a certain beggar Lazarus. And that was telling us that there is life after death. That is the real you. The physical death is just you, just put put off your coat, throw it away, and the real you went somewhere. And that is what you must believe, person, that listen to this, because it is the truth. Verse 34, when the Pharisees had heard that he had put the Sadducees to silence, they were gathered together. One day, when they gather together. Well, they were trying to say, well, hmm, maybe if we should agree and support this man, he's on our side. God they were always like all loggerheads with the Sadducees and the Pharisees. The Pharisees said, we are the ones. we know the truth. We believe in resurrection, we believe there are angels, we believe there are spirits. And the Sadducees said, no, 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 no. There's nothing like spirits, there's nothing like angels. God is just a force, you see. And, but they are all in the same temple. And these people say, well, we are worshiping God. They say, well, we also worship God, aren't we? So now, when Jesus Christ seems to side with the resurrection, they say hmm, they gather together and say maybe we should put our force behind him. But now he's going to say something that's going to make them say we don't want this man,' Because the Lord always tried to put them where they belong. Well, when the Pharisees had heard that he had put the Sadducees to silence, they were gathered together. Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him, saying, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Verse 41. Now while the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them, saying, What think ye of Christ? Whose son is he? They said unto him, Son of David. I mean, that's how they are expecting. They say, the Christ will be the Son of David, the Son of David that will become king. Verse this, and he said, How then doth David in the Spirit call him Lord, saying, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou at my right hand till I make thy enemies thy footstool. If David then call him Lord, how is he see his son? Now, see that they have read those Psalms over and over again. They didn't even know what it meant. David said, the Lord said unto my Lord, the Lord said unto my Lord, and they wonder, away, Who is his Lord? Who is Lord? And this Lord said to this Lord, and this Lord is your Lord. So they didn't understand what this. so they just sing it like a song. But Christ saying this, David was saying it in the spirit, that he's talking about the Messiah as his Lord. So if, he is, if the Messiah is your Lord, how can he be your son? That's what Christ was asking them. If David then called him Lord, how is he his son? Hmm, the not answer that. And no man was able to answer him a word. Neither does any man from that day forth ask him any more questions. I mean, they know that this is beyond their comprehension. And that was the end of chapter 22. And we'll go to chapter 23 in a, in a few minutes because we'll continue chapter 23.